What's going on, comic fam? It is your boy, the Bearded Comic Bro, and I am joined again for another interview with a comic creator, Jonathan Hedrick. Thank you so much for hanging out and talking comics with me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, uh, it's been so fun to get to do this. Like, we've been planning this interview for a while. Yeah. Uh, but I think we started following each other when I picked up, I think it was the recount Ashcan in a Scout comic box. Uh, right. We started talking about that a little bit. and. Yeah you we've been following each other for a while so i feel like we've gotten to know each other so like it's good to just be on camera like, you, you even recommended sure. a comic store for me to go to when i was yeah, on that's the, right check this yeah. out. Very Luckily, cool. i was able to find some of your other books up there that we'll talk about here um as yeah. well so but Very yeah nice. i'm excited for this me so. too me too uh one of the things i just like to start off always with the interview um because i'm just fascinated to know um how did you get into comic creating yeah uh it wasn't something that I've been playing for a long time. You know, I've always had like um, uh, been pretty good at writing according to like my grade school uh, teachers and so forth. It's not something I really flexed so much back then because uh, I just hated school in the first place and I didn't, you know, major in it in college. But um, I always like to dabble in it. I would write short stories in like composition books and just kind of put them away, never showed anyone. Um, until one day about 10 years ago I had this short story that eventually became my first comic book freak show princess and I felt so strong about it because I, I was so passionate about it I typed it up and I sent it to a lot of online horror and sci-fi magazines uh, and it didn't get picked up from anyone so I just let it kind of clip the uh, digital dust per se uh, then fast forward to about a year and a half ago I was watching a live YouTube video with a comic book writer named Doug Wagner. He mm -hmm. writes uh, The Plastic and The Ride. And I asked him how he, what he would recommend um, how someone could get into comics. And his advice was just make a comic because everything nowadays in the world we live in is available for you to make a comic. Mm -hmm. With uh, the internet, you can hire someone on the other side of the world, email them the script, They'll draw it for you. They'll email them back to you. Then you can send it to your colorist, uh, you know, in another country, and you can just collaborate that way. And then send it to a printer. So I tried that out, and it and it worked. <laughs> One thing about three, four months later, I had my a comic book that I wrote in my hands. So. That's that's gotta be a that cool moment when you're like, ah, oh, so cool. Oh man, that's sweet. So yeah. your first comic then was Freak Show Princess. Um, that's right. Yep. Okay, so that was that. Did that start out as like, um, did it pick up indie publishing? Was it a uh, Kickstarter? No, I, I did it all on my own, self-published, paid for everything out of my po on my own pocket. I did um, shortly after attempt a Kickstarter. It was my very first one, and it was yeah. really crudely put together, and it did not get funded. Then I did um, some more research in Kickstarter uh, crowdfunding and got a lot of advice. Uh, back to other people so I could see what they did during their campaigns and I relaunched it back in March and it was successfully funded then um, so yeah and it did get picked up uh, it's going to be in a zombie anthology called Mississippi Zombies number two okay. um, that's underneath the imprint uh, second site which is um, uh, under Caliber Press okay. or Cal Caliber Comics and it'll be actually a black and white grayscale version of that so if people are already familiar with Freak Show Prince, if you already have it, well, you don't have this grayscale version. Plus, you'll get a bunch of other cool um, 
short zombie stories from other creators too. So when that drops, please pick that up. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. That's awesome. Well, yeah. since we kind of, since I kind of brought up uh, Freak Show Princess, so you did and we did and uh, yeah. mentioned Kickstarter, um, you are in the midst of a Kickstarter right now and yeah. it has a similar name to Freak Show Princess. That's uh, right. So it's, talk to us about this Kickstarter. So my current Kickstarter that's live right now is called Freak Show Night and that's with a K. Um, and it is, I describe it as a companion piece to Freak Show Princess. Okay. Uh, I'm, I sell both of them as a one-shot, um, a self-contained story of themselves that you don't require uh, either one to get the complete story. However, you will see common threads and, you know, different links in between the two if you've read both of them. So, yeah, that's live on Kickstarter right now. It's a different... Um, art team and I chose to do that so that they each have their own identity and as I do more of these freak show one shots uh, that's what my plan is they're all going to have different art team a different main character but be like combined in the same universe so yeah, cool yeah. so uh so someone has never read freak show princess um they don't have to re read that to hop in however I think there's some tiers where you on your kickstarter where you can get that as well right is that um I put in uh, the frequently asked questions on the Kickstarter that if you did want Freak Show Princess, you just boost your uh, pledge five extra dollars and I'll and me message me on Kickstarter and I'll throw that that awesome. for you. Yeah. So ex so explain then someone what is this world then? Uh, so let's focus on on Freak Show Night a little bit. What's this world comic that you're creating here um, that's on Kickstarter right now? Yeah. So it's uh, a world during the zombie apocalypse. But, uh, you know, everyone hears zombies and they're like, oh, zombies. You know, it's been done, Walking Dead and uh, World War Z. There's so many zombie stories out there. But in these stories, zombies play in the background. They're not what's driving the storytelling. Each of these main characters in the, the freak show kingdom, as I like to call it, um, are uh, dealing with their own trials and tribulations in life. It just so happens to be uh, during the zombie apocalypse. So Freak Show Knight, the main character, he, um, uh, his name is Red, and he's been in and out of prison his whole entire life uh, for violent crimes. Uh, he's made a lot of mistakes in his life. And then now he finds himself outside of prison, having to continue that cycle of violence, but during the zombie apocalypse. Uh, so it, it shows his path to redemption, which is an extreme struggle for him while he's out alone amongst the undead. Yeah. That's awesome. So any of these, um, the Kickstarter, we'll have the links and stuff in the description of this video. Um, if you're watching this or you're listening on the podcast, you can, you can click over there um, and get, you know, hop on board. Um, it's going to be ending soon when you're listening to this. So make sure you don't wait around <laughs> at, at all. Uh, do you have, I know a lot of people just have different tiers and stuff. Do you have some different levels on this Kickstarter? Like what are some cool incentives or possibly uh, yeah. we'll get tap into? I always like to mention that I have a retailer pledge. I, I like throwing those into my campaigns because one, I love to support local comic book stores. They're small businesses. They are the backbone of this in industry. And if there's a comic book store that it has faith in indie comic books, I want to have faith in them. Right. So I always point that out to even people that aren't owners of a comic book store because let's say you're not able to back for some reason. Maybe you can't afford it right now. Well, maybe talk to your local comic book store and they, if they can drop $100, then you're helping them out because you'll buy it from them. They're helping me out and yeah, everyone's helping me, each other. So 
That's cool. That's a, I like yeah. that idea. That's a really sweet one. Yeah. And then uh, a new a tier that I'm testing out with this campaign, is, I call it the Slab the Freak Show. So you get all covers raw. There's six covers. Um, you get all of them raw. And then an additional one of those will be signed by me. I'll send it to CGC, get it signature series, and you'll get, you know, an additional one slabbed. Uh, and plus all the other, you know, stretch goal rewards. And I did that because it's the year 2020. Everything's shut down. There's no cons. No, it, it's harder to get your book signed by creators. So I figured I'd skip the middleman and I'll send it myself. So if you're if you're a collector, you like your graded comic books, you like that yellow uh, ribbon at the top, you know, I'll help you with that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because we, I mean, it is. It's a weird time, you know, collecting mm -hmm. comics and, uh, you know, getting to do these interviews has at least for me been like a, a Comic-Con experience for me a yeah. little bit because right. um, <clears throat> we were set to go to one, I think like two weeks before mm -hmm. this all shut down in March. So like, yeah. uh, you know, people, we've been craving it. So that's a really cool idea of, you know, yeah. uh, you know, getting some books because people love those signatures and they love the CPC. Yeah. Um, graded ones that are slabbed that yellow banner yeah <laughs> it is yeah. so well that's awesome yeah I'm, I'm excited to check out freak show nights um that is that sounds great uh free show princess was fantastic a really cool story if you guys haven't checked it out uh by all means <clears throat> i think this is a great kickstarter to jump into um a couple other books that i uh picked up at uh shop that you recommended they had uh, issues one and two of a series that you are involved in called capable that's right yeah capable that's that's my superhero series um so the elevator pitch for that is imagine a world where one day uh people with disabilities wake up with superpowers that are opposite of what their handicap was so our main character derek davidson he's in a wheelchair uh, he's in high school and he's, you know, the typical high school kid, but he just happens to be disabled. So he has to go through the day. He's got his friends, but then he's got his bullies too. Right. And then one day he wakes up and things have changed. He's super powered. He can run super fast. And we see in issue one, almost like his origin story of how he's discovering these powers. Issue two, we start to dabble into the, uh, what some people would do with these powers in the wrong way, which that's what I really wanted to explore with this series is, you know, one day people that wake up with powers may not necessarily do the right thing with them, especially when they've lived in a world where they've been teased, bullied, ridiculed, um, and all that, all those other uh, difficult situations. So uh, two issues are out for that. Um, issue three should be out later on this year. I already finished a 10-page short story that will be part of a different uh, Kickstarter campaign. So lots more uh, capable to come. That's great. Because I was going to ask. I was like, please tell me you're going to have more from this series. Yes. Um, like, Because yes. it is such a cool concept. Because I think the way you address it, like you said in your elevator pitch, right? Like mm -hmm. you've grown up with this, you know, disability, uh, you know, or you've had this disability for a while. And to then, you know, like you said, they have their friends, but you definitely see like, how society treats them, looks at them differently, pick on them and stuff like that. And then if they all of a sudden one day wake up and the script is flipped, like, yeah. sure, you're going to have some good guys, but you're also probably going to have some of those that have that built up, uh, all that stuff that they've dealt with. Um, yeah. And I think it's just an interesting tension to kind of deal with that story. Like it's not a, 
it's not a, just a straightforward like oh it's a superhero story like it feels like because because you can relate to you know i think it was even an issue too like you can relate to you know the character that they're fighting because you're like ah yeah i mean yeah. but what would i have done in that situation and things like that so yeah i think that's a really cool story idea thank you yeah i i, I love the idea i wish i could put it out monthly you know <laughs> so, but right now you know in the indie world things take right. a little bit more time but yeah the more capable is coming um and I, I love the interaction i get from fans about it i was really worried you know with it dealing with um, people with disabilities right. i don't identify um in that community and i didn't want to be uh you know speaking for them i didn't want to pander to them right a lot of people have come to me said thank you thank you for not uh dealing with with it with kid gloves because I, I i didn't go in there assuming everyone is happy-go-lucky because they're handicapped and everyone treats them okay right uh, they they deal with some things and um and also I, i'm going to explore things beyond physical disabilities too because there's uh, you know mental disabilities what would someone with a mental disability do now that they have superpowers so so much world to play in with that yeah it really is and i think it's just is a really interesting concept and i'm liking how yeah. you're you know kind of going about it. and thank i you. have to say i'm blanking on but the art on it was fantastic as well oh yeah thank you uh, my artist gino casmianto he lives in indonesia um great guy uh and his brother uh, is a colorist too. They're all in-house. Uh, he's not the colorist of um, those two issues of Capable. Okay. Um, but I have worked with him with other on other projects and really sweet. I um, mailed him some comps uh, a few months ago and it took like a month or two to get to him on the other side of the country. But he did, he filmed an unboxing and put it on, um, on Facebook and just to see the joy, yes. you know, in his, because you know it's Indonesia, they don't have it the same way we have it over right. here. So uh, he, re I can tell he really loves the project too. So he drives me to want to make the project better. And when you have that writer artist connection, that, you know there's nothing you know better than that. Yeah. So how do you? So because I mean the the art styles um, on the four kind of three sort of different stories I've read have all yeah. been kind of different. Um, they all have their I different know. feel. How do you go about? trying to figure out like what's the right fit for what I'm writing because you've written three completely different style of stories too which I think right. is awesome like it's not all in the same vein so how do you kind of pick and choose like how am I going to figure out what fits this art fits with this story yeah I just got to find the artist and their sample work that fits the genre that I'm writing in with Freak Show Princess I picked uh Ben Worrell because he he had a very beautiful um look to it and the main character was is a is a main uh, is a, a female character um so i i liked how elegant he drew you know his lines with incapable gino has uh a, i'm going to say the word juvenile look but not not i'm not saying that uh, against his right his right. art style it just looks like it's set in a high school world so that's why i picked him with um freak show night my artist Stefano Cardicelli has a very jagged, rough look to it. And that's what I wanted um, with that because it's, you know, Red, the main character, he's a rough guy. You know, he's, it's not clean. It's not beautiful like, uh, you know, the female character in Princess. Right. And then Recount, uh, Gabriel Ibera Nunez, he, had, he draws super realistic. It looks like the characters are jumping off the page. 
And that's what I wanted for that book because I wanted to try to ground it in reality as if this, that could happen in our world. So yeah, it, it takes a lot. You know, I, I scroll through a lot of pages on Facebook to find the artist that I, when I'm starting a new project. It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So um, I'm going to jump into to the recount, um, but real quick before I go, and, and maybe this can lead into it. Um, how does, how did these stories kind of come to you? Like, is it something that's been sitting with you a long time? Uh, is it something that like, you're like, this would be a cool idea. Like, where do you kind of get your inspiration for where you, what you decide to write? Yeah, it could vary from one project to the next. Usually, it, to me, it starts off with the what if scenario. I love thinking, what if? Um, I was a big fan of the Marvel what if series, too. You know, yeah. the, there's so much you can play on with in those uh, situations and those stories. So if, if you ask yourself, what if, and then you just change one thing in the world, then you could develop a story that way. When you ask too many what if questions, then you just, then you're burying yourself. So nice. uh, that's probably kind of a lame answer. No, no, <laughs> no, it worked. Well, because I think it's something that's relatable, right? We've all, yeah. if you read comics, you all sit around with your buddies and, right. uh, and you have that like, well, what if this happened? What if right. this happened, right? We all, yeah. I mean, I the, guarantee you that's how the Marvel series had to come up with what if. Right. <laughs> what if? Like, what do we yeah. call it? Well, why don't we call it what if? <laughs> exactly. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's, you got it on your shirt. I've got the ash can behind me. This is the book that brought me to you. Um, yes. And it, I, this is the ash can. So I got it in the Scout comic subscription box. Uh, if you're not familiar with ash can, it's like three pages. It's like a, preview like hey here let's wet your whistle for us like mm -hmm. get you excited and i'll tell you what i read that and i think i think i even messaged you i'm like i won't three pages is enough i don't like because <laughs> <laughs> i think you guys like what do you think i was like i want more so much right now yeah. so um so let's talk recount what yeah what is recount about so the concept of the recount is this fictional president who was found to be corrupt uh and um, was involved with voter fraud, is impeached, and during his um, his resignation uh, speech, he's assassinated by someone in his Secret Service detail. And then quickly after uh, the assassination, the conspirators come out to the public, announce themselves, um, that admit that they did it, and what their plan is. And their plan is to release the voting information to show the public who voted this person into power that was so corrupt that damaged our country. And then they're encouraging people to attack those people that voted for him, including other people that got him into power, like the, um, all the, uh, the funding people, the electoral college, other politicians. So it creates this mass hysteria within our country. Um, and in the meantime, the uh, vice president who was thrust into the new uh, president role is having to race against time with w the only Secret Service agent she can trust and try to keep together what's left of our democracy uh, during you know this difficult time. So it's a very fast-paced um, uh, story in, set in four issues. It's a lot like, I like to compare it to 24, or like a Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy type story. And I think it's just gonna be really entertaining if people can put their politics aside because it's not about politics uh, 
the, the words Republican and Democrat are never used. I myself am apolitical. I'm not intelligent enough in politics to even try to put an agenda in there. The agenda is to entertain and that's it. So I always like to throw that caveat in there when I talk about the recount because people, it's controversial. You right. talk about politicians, you even have a fake president, people are gonna try to uh, connect the dots even if there are none and you know get their analogies going. Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like in, the, in today's political climate that we're in, yeah. no matter what side you're on or the party, you're gonna be like, well, oh, see, this is perfect or this, right? Like, and yeah. so I think that could be, um, I think it's smart to be like, hey, look, this is just a story. There's no, yes. uh, there's no leaning one way or the other. And right. I don't, I, I mean, sheesh, if you are watching this interview or listening to this interview on one of the podcasts, mm -hmm. like, I think you just listening to that elevator picture, like, that's the story I want to read. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, like, because it wasn't even, um, it wasn't even like, I got a glimpse of like, what, where it was going with like, the three pages. Mm -hmm didn't even see that route and i'm like okay wow i'm even more yeah. <laughs> intrigued for that so yeah, um thank you is this now um without giving anything away like is this you know i saw in the ash can that it's black and white but i saw like a yeah. color is it all black and white is it color yeah ash just just the ash can was black and white okay. um and the uh rest of the series is going to be in full color okay yeah. the the choice for, to make the ash can black and white was just to expedite it I actually had the issues one through four were written and then one one night in like May um, I, I just woke up and I was like I have a four page story I think it'd be a great like issue zero and I got to get it done I have to get it out of my head and so I, I wrote it sent it to my editor it got approved sent it to my artist and I just said hey man can you just stop everything you're doing and just bang this out real quick because I think we could get release this in time to help promote later on because uh you know the gap in between when we had things done until november when issue one comes out was a long time but if we could do something in between like the ash can and get right. start get people thinking about it and yeah so i i chose not to get it color uh get it colored um my colorist sunil gogger he's the same colorist on freak show princess okay. he's an amazing colorist um i had him just take a back seat on this one but uh, it still looks, I think it looks fantastic. Oh, it looks, it looks really yeah. cool. And I was expecting that was what the series was. And I think like, I think right before we hopped on, I saw you posted something like, wait, is yeah. this in color? All right. Like, I was yeah. like, so I had, to ask, I had to get the inside now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the, the great thing about the ash can is those are four pages that take place before issue, the events of issue one. So that, that's, okay. a, that's original storytelling. Sometimes Nashcan is like four or eight pages of, of the beginning of issue one. This is, think of it as issue zero. So uh, if uh, you didn't get the Ashcan, look for it. It's all, it's out of stock now at the Scout store. That, uh, only a thousand were printed. Um, and I, you might not, not see it again until like the trade or something like that. Oh, yeah, if you can, if you can get your hands on a copy of the Ashcan, like it's, uh, I was, I was like, what is this? And I, and so let's ask, and let me ask you this, if you don't mind, where does, so where does the, how does it feel like, is it different writing? Cause it's, it seems like your other books have been kind of like self-published more mm -hmm. working now with Scout on this one. Is there, does it change how you operate and do things and write a lot more than, um, and like, what's that experience like? Yeah, it, it's a, 
a similar yet different experience. Okay. Um, with the recount, there's a lot more people invested in it. Um, uh, since Scout's handling the distribution, uh, a lot of the marketing, uh, th they have an investment with this title uh, as much as I do in, in my art team. So there's uh, the, lots of cooperation involved where with my self-published books, I'm, I'm acting as the 100% project manager with right. it. So I have the, uh, the ability to just say, yeah, no, that's not going to fly or I want it this way. Even, I mean, I'm not a pushy guy or anything like that, but all the deadlines are mine. Right. And uh, I'm going to print it myself. So I'm not concerned if it, there's no, no worry about it not meeting diamonds distribution deadline, things like yeah. that. So oh, that's just because it's, it was interesting to say. So how did you, uh, how did you get this story connected with them then? Yeah, so it was actually a very fortunate event. Uh, last year in November, uh, ironically, a year away from it, issue one coming out, uh, I went to Daytona Comic Con. I, I'm, I live in Central Florida. And I, I was going there just to, Freak Show Princess had just came out a couple of weeks um, earlier than that. And a buddy of mine that did a variant cover was there, uh, had a table just to, you know, sell his art, do some commission. And I knew um, James Pruitt uh, was going to be there for from Scout. He writes Midnight Sky with them. So I, I packed up some uh, samples, you know, have my iPad uh, ready, the script. I said, I would just, I'll just show it to him, you know, yeah. what's, the, what's the worst that could happen? Um, and I talk, was talking to him about it, telling him about, you know, me being new on the scene and stuff. And he gave me his card and said, e email this to me, uh, you know, when you get home. I emailed it to him. Two weeks later, didn't hear back. I emailed Scout again. And then, then the email started coming. <laughs> and then it was like, whoa, this is, this might be happening. Yeah. Um, so it was fast and furious and um, very humbling experience. And as you, as like I said, that happened in November. The first issue comes out in November. So it shows you how slow this wheel of making comic books really is. Right. But yeah, I mean, cause so it comes out is early mid November, November 11th. Okay, cool. Yeah. And you said it's a four going to be a four issue world. Are you, yeah. Is this kind of one of those, like, you have it contained in a four-issue world that, like, there's possibilities if it's something people like that could expand? Or is, like, do you have visions for that? Or is you like, no, I, this is going to be a self-contained story completely? I, I wrote a treatment for three miniseries of four okay. issues each. So if all goes well, there could be 12 uh, full issues okay. um, total uh, with just the outline that I have in mind. Right. Um, and then uh, I've been brainstorming about some one shots, some like prequel one shots to flesh out some uh, more story of some of the characters we're gonna see in the um, the first four issues. So I'd love to do more ash cans in between those story story arcs, but it, you know, it all depends on how well it's received um, and so many other factors. But yeah, I, I would love for it to go the full 12. That's awesome. That's yeah. Great. So will you, as we're wrapping up here, uh, you got the recount coming out here in november november 11th uh freak show nights and then here real soon on kickstarter uh capable you said you got more coming in that realm yep and 
it sounds like a loaded question because your plate seems overly <laughs> full, but do you have anything else kind of down the pipeline that you're, you're processing through that you want to yeah. you know, highlight a little bit or? Absolutely. So uh, it should be launching, I think in October, there's a big uh, anthology I'm uh, a part of called Cthulhu Invades Oz. And it's a bunch of indie creators. And uh, I wrote, got to write the Tin Man story. And it's, essentially, it, it's what it sounds like. It's the world of Wizard of Oz and Cthulhu from the H.P. Lovecraft story yeah. comes and invades it. And there's all these different uh, stories based off of different characters within Wizard of Oz. And I, like I said, I wrote the Tin Man story. And it's a very dark take on him. That's very um, Captain Abe, uh, Moby Dick style. So he's out uh, sailing, um, you know, the ocean looking for Cthulhu, which is ironic because he's, you know, made of... of uh, you know, tin and so he he's rusting while looking for it so it's it's really dark take and i can't wait to people see that and there's a bunch of other talent on on that i mean a lot of other scout guys people from source point press um it, it's going to be a big anthology so hopefully that launches in october um if i'm not mistaken someone else is managing that project and what and, was that um, again cthulhu invades oz nice. so hopefully that starts in october oh. then um I've been working with uh, Brian Silverbacks, uh, who's uh, um, another scout guy. Did uh, and, what, Loggerhead, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So we're working together on, um, you know, creating some more stories in that Loggerhead universe. Oh, nice. So fingers crossed, maybe we, me and him have a book out, um, you know, in that world at, at maybe April of next year, okay. if, if things work out. Very so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for just yeah. taking some time to just talk comics. Like, I, yeah. it's awesome. I geek out. I nerd out every time uh, <laughs> that a creator just wants to take time to just talk with me. Um, so yeah. I appreciate you giving up some of your evening uh, to do that. No problem. Um, people are listening. They want to check out your stuff. What's the best way to follow you? Yeah, uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Jonathan Hedrick. Um, search for me uh, on those three major platforms and you'll find me on there. I'm very approachable uh, on any of them. So message me if you have any questions and uh, if you need to get a, a, a hard copy of my book, just let me know and we can work something out. Awesome. And yeah. And like you said, like I said, all the links for the Kickstarter, all your information for social media and stuff will be in the link in the description you know, of this video. So make sure you guys click that, go support. Um, Man, I love getting to hear indie creators talk about what they're doing because uh, you guys just have some of the coolest stories out there. And I love uh, when you. people find some of their new favorite indie stories. So definitely uh, follow Jonathan, what he's doing, uh, and check out his stuff. So with that being said, thank you all for watching, tuning in. Uh, hopefully you can find some time this week. Curl up, grab a book, and nerd out. Peace.